Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by Mark Graham, Irish music industry podcaster and lecturer. Hello. Hello, how are you doing, Louise? Very, very good. So I saw you're going to be telling the untold story of Balcony TV in a bit. Yeah, I am, yeah, and what a story it is. Yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so tell us, for anyone who hasn't heard of Balcony TV, what is it? It was um, three friends in their apartment in Dame Street. Mm-hmm. I'm told they were hungover, mm-hmm. sitting at the table, and they had a balcony on their apartment, and they used it for storing rubbish. One of them was a musician. Well, two of them were musicians, but one of them was practising his double bass on the balcony, and one of the other people filmed them. And they said, that looks kind of cool with Dame Street in the background. And then they were talking and they said, why don't we make a little television channel out there and just film people? And initially they had magicians and jugglers and anybody they could find. And they filmed her on their balcony and they uploaded the videos online. And it was just before YouTube was kicking off. It was a couple of months before YouTube kicked off. But it started to gain a little bit of momentum because they were posting a video every day and eventually they cottoned on to the fact, two of them being musicians, that there was loads of musicians knocking around Dublin who were only too delighted to get any kind of coverage of that they could get. Yeah. So then it became a music thing. And Balcony TV invited musicians onto their balcony to play. And after a while, musicians were knocking on their door saying, can we play on your balcony? As more and more people started to watch it. And as it gained a little bit of momentum, people in other countries said, this is really cool. Can we do it as well? Mm. So they said, yeah, why not? Call it Balcony TV. Make sure you have a decent backdrop. One microphone, one camera. Do it the same way we do it and go for it. And it spread to 100 cities around the world, oh believe God. it or not. That's yeah, unbelievable. Like such a simple idea. Such a simple idea. And in the early parts of their careers, they had Ed Sheeran on the balcony, Mumford wow. and Sons, Kaiser Chiefs, Jesse J, even Paris Hilton was on Balcony TV. And for something so simple... That, you know, is, like, it was very primitive at the time. Mm-hmm. It was not polished. It was not produced. And I think that might have been the key why it became popular. Mm-hmm. There's this thing that somebody told me about one time in professional wrestling called kayfabe, they call it. Okay. And it's the notion that everybody knows wrestling is fixed, right? You know, the mm-hmm. like, the, the American characters that they had in wrestling, like, I don't know, you know, uh, what was your man's name? Hulk Hogan. Yeah, you know, I, I only it, learned this recently, by the way. So yeah, it's all you I know, all fixed. It's it's <laughs> theatre. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons that people seem to be attracted to it is that there were moments where the illusion of theatre broke down and reality creeped through. Mm-hmm. You know that somebody did actually break a chair off somebody's back because they got really annoyed, and some of the fans of that thing, they were the moments that they latched onto. And I think with Balcony TV. We all know that the music industry is loaded against musicians. You know, we know what Spotify do. We know what record companies do. We know that the dice are loaded. And we know that things are produced to a very high degree that we rarely get to see the reality of what actually happens. Mm-hmm. But here was this thing that had no makeup department, had no lighting budget, had no light for it. So we got to see something real, something visceral, and something that was unpolished and unproduced. And that seemed to appeal to people, that there was a kind of an honesty to it. And as well as that, the, you know, the, the idea that you'd have somebody perform on this balcony with one microphone and one camera, and if they were able to pull off a performance with an ambulance passing them on the street, mm-hmm. like, it, it meant mm-hmm. that they were really good as performers. If they could pull off a performance on that balcony, 
it showed you that right these people are well able to perform you know they have something going on they don't need all the bells and whistles they don't need auto tune they don't need lights they don't need a smoke machine they can do this stuff down to the bare bones and there was something very attractive about that absolutely and what i didn't know until i started talking to you is that because I, I used to watch balcony tv on youtube and actually you tell me that it was their way before youtube yeah yeah but it was yeah months before youtube um and was like what i think is interesting is that especially after the lockdown we're so used to people streaming performances online now you know it's become you know it's, it's become old hat you know it's how, how bands and people promote themselves but this was a new thing you know that this hadn't been done before and these people in dublin were the first people to do it and and that's why it caught on and i think now we have something like, I don't know if you're familiar with the NPR Tiny Desk Concert Series, yeah. which are brilliant. Yeah, they get amazing. some fantastic bands mm. performing on that, and they get millions of views. But it's still part of the industry, and it's still highly polished. And I think what Balcony TV had going for it that was better than NPR was that it was more stripped back. And the fact that, you know, they clocked up hundreds of millions of views as well on Balcony TV, but what they had was they had a global community so they had producers making this around the world who helped each other out. And one of the stories, some of the stories I was really impressed by were, you know, you'd expect a band to get coverage. If they played on Balcony TV Dublin, they might get a couple of gigs in Ireland or at least be able to use it and knock on the door of Wheelands in Dublin. Say, look, here we are on Balcony TV. But a lot of bands told me that they went to other countries. Like a couple of bands went to Austin, Texas. Oh, wow. And because they'd been on Balcony TV here... They went to Austin, Texas, said, can we be on Balcony TV? And by being on Balcony TV in Austin, Texas, that got them gigs in Austin. One guy told me he went to Balcony TV Nashville, having you know, travelled from Dublin, got on Balcony TV Nashville. That day he got a gig in a bar in Nashville and got a manager for himself as a result of going out and being on Balcony TV. Excellent. And MP, you know, the Tiny Desk concert series doesn't do that. No. It, built, it built a community. So it wasn't just about exposure. It was about like getting jobs for musicians, and not just the musicians, the people who were producing and presenting the podcast. Um, one girl I talked to who presented Balcony TV London, Tina Edwards, works for BBC. A couple of the people who worked in Switzerland went on to work for CNN. You know that they, it was a launching pad for the camera people, the sound people, the presenters, and the musicians. And I don't know of any other platform that does that. No. Who are some of the people you're going to be speaking to on the podcast for this? Speaking to the people who founded it mm. and to the people who performed on it from all around the world. You know, I go as far as nice. Delhi and wow. that's really interesting talking to uh, Kavi from India that they started it in India and one of the things that it kind of highlights is how much demand there is for from musicians who are starting their careers. How many musicians are really hungry to get a you know any kind of a foot in the door and when you think about like the two cities that Cavi ran Balcony TV were Delhi and Mumbai, with a combined population of 125 million, wow. just between those two cities, and India with a population of 1.4 billion, and that that was their audience, you know. Amazing. That's what they, and they ended up on MTV India for two years. They put their the the stuff they filmed on Balcony TV on MTV India. So I'm talking to all those people and people like Paul Brady, who. The lad said that Irish singer-songwriter Paul Brady mm -hmm. was kind of a turning point when Paul was on it because he was the first known artist 
to be honest. And when Paul Brady came on, people started to pay a little bit more attention to what the lads were doing. But what what really becomes interesting is it, you know, it as just a trip down memory lane would be a nice story. But that's not what really sucked me into the story. What kind of interested me about it was that um, the platform ended up being bought by a subsidiary of Sony Music. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a classic. It's what most fans hope and dream for you start the thing yeah. it becomes really popular globally and a major record label comes in and takes it over mm-hmm. but that story doesn't end happily ever after i was about to say what has happened balcony tv what happened was when sony took control um one of the founders ended up working for them he got fired <gasps> they delisted all the original videos and it's been inactive for three years oh no and yeah i then you're getting into an interesting music industry tale where this, where Barcelona TV becomes kind of a microcosm of the global music industry. And not only does that happen, then somebody in Sony sees this happening and a document gets leaked that has 18,000 web addresses, the name of the band, the name of the balcony they, they performed on. Mm-hmm. So somebody in Sony saw the value of these videos to the musicians who were filmed and sent this document out secretly. Then... As I was making the podcast, the the domain name Balcony TV came up for auction, mm-hmm. and somebody bought it for eighteen and a half grand, uh, wow. and the business was registered in Northern Sumatra. So I don't know who's knocking. <laughs> I don't know who's knocking out there. But nothing has been done with that either. So the kind of evidence suggests that Sony shut it down very much on purpose, oh, and then you ask the question: It is, mm-hmm. but like, why would they do that? You know, when you had something. That was that powerful. Why Why would they do it? And then the other question, and this is a really relevant question for anybody, I suppose involved in any business, but particularly in the creative arts, is when you create something and it becomes popular mm-hmm. and somebody comes to you with a check, let's say for a million quid, would you sell it mm-hmm. and give away complete control of the thing that you created? Or would you keep control of it and keep it as you wanted it? I mean, what would you do? See, I, I'd probably still want to have a foot in there some way, I think. Yeah, yeah that's interesting. And lots of people have lots of different answers. But mm, I can imagine. This, this is the part that interests me because my day job, as well as being a musician, mm-hmm. my day job is I teach music students. Mm-hmm. And that question comes up a lot. You know, the, the place where music meets business and often the place where art meets business, that can be an area of turmoil and difficult mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. And here we have three people who went through that process, you know, that this platform, the music platform, was bought by a major record label and became under the control of a major record label. Almost like a band or a musician. Exactly like what happened to a band or a musician. And when they gave up complete control of the thing, what happened then? And the really important part and the part that really interests me is what do they think about it now? Mm. You know, when they reflect on it now, did they do the right thing? And this is so relevant at the moment because I saw last week Irish singer-songwriter Fionn Regan put up a tweet where he said he'd been offered 55 grand for one of his songs. And he was asked, he asked Twitter, what do I do? (laughs) You know, and he got lots of different answers. I don't know what he did, but in this instance, you know, artists are always faced with these questions. But in in the instance of Balcony TV, there's millions of dollars at stake in relation to this. What did they do? What happened to them? And what are they doing now? And would they do it again? And they're the questions that I wanted to ask them and, and, and tell the stories 
all the other stories of fun stuff that happened along the way as well. But that's the, I think the crux of it is, you know, listening to the story of people who went through that process and would they do it again. And we can hear it all on February the 1st, right? Yep, Wednesday, February the 1st on all the usual podcast platforms, the untold story of Balcony TV. Oh, poor old Balcony TV. <laughs> yeah, but you see, do you know what though? I think that it doesn't matter that what happened is, you know, if it's yeah, not... it had its life before. It, and it was a brilliant yeah, was. thing. And that's mm-hmm. one of like one of the predominant, you know, the, the thing that everybody says to me when I'm talking to them, especially the musicians, mm-hmm. is how much they wish there was something like it now because it was so brilliant. And mm-hmm. they didn't have gatekeepers. There seemed to be an open-door policy. But it's it's such a positive story. And, you know, I'd focus on that bit that yeah. you have three friends who started something in their apartment that spread to 100 cities around the world and it got taken over by a major record company. That's a success story. No matter what happened. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. You yeah. couldn't dream of that. Well, no. you could dream. People do dream <laughs> of it. But it actually happened. Wow. So. Wow. Amazing. Mark Graham, thank you very much for joining us and everyone needs to check out the podcast The Untold Story of Balcony TV on February the 1st. Thanks a million. Thank you very much. Nice one. Thank you.